Hello, you guys. What is up? And welcome back to You'll Thank Me Later. I am your host, Kayla. Today, I have my best friend in the house recording with me. I'm really excited about it. Um, her name is Riley. She is 23. She's a cancer woman. Um, she is singly not single, which is a fun time around. So guys, slide into that DM, hit her up. She'll deem you worthy or not. It all depends. Um, we are going to be talking about so many fun things today. We're supposed to be going over dating and dating older guys and just being a millennial and dating people in this age. Um, and pretty much everything in between. I apologize ahead of time for our crackhead energy. We're two mimosas deep right now and we're just seeing what the fuck is going to happen. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what our episode is going to be about today. Um, without further ado, because she's looking at me like I'm crazy, Riley, introduce yourself. Hi guys, um, I'm Riley, as you were told. Um, I'm from Wisconsin, and I'm currently in Austin, Texas with Kayla right now, where she is residing. Um, not to, like, put you on blast, like, but... Oh, they know. We're okay. Austin girl now. Right. We don't, we don't claim Wisconsin okay. anymore. That's what are you, you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, like, job-wise, school, where are you at? So, I'm currently a master's degree student at Arizona State University for Ooh. forensic psychology. Ooh. I have my bachelor's of science in psychology from University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Um, she is educated, guys. We do be liking the education. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will be done anywhere between May and June of this year, so I will have my master's degree, and I'm very excited about that. Um, don't ask me what I'm going to do with that though, because I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> and I'm currently very happy at my current job. Um, presently I am a personal trainer at one of the commercial gyms in Wisconsin that people probably don't know about. Um, it's like a gold's gym. Let's just call it that. Yeah. And, um, I enjoy that job a lot. I have some amazing coworkers, which definitely makes the job a lot easier and, um, I have no intention to leave that right now. We're trying to get her to come down to Texas, guys. It's not working. Um, so yeah, we are going to start off because she is the first guest to be on You'll Thank Me Later. So we are going to start off by giving her a couple of hot seat questions. These are all rapid fire questions. So don't feel intimidated, but we're just going to go with it. Okay. 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 What are your peppies? Um, oh, I hate slow walking people. I hate slow walking people. I hate rude people. And I hate people that don't respond to you like when you tell them to have a good day. <laughs> so people. So you just hate people. People in general. I mean, especially slow walking people though. Like whenever I have somewhere to go, someone is always in front of me that is slow that like has nowhere to be and no plans and nothing to do and I am very type A and I need to get to where I need to get to yeah. and you're you are my only like physical obstacle at this time. Mind you, Riley's like five seven, five seven. Yeah. And all legs, like model length body with my short stubby ass walking next to her, where two of her steps are twelve of mine. And this girl does not slow down. So I'm at the point now where there will be a whole five feet of distance between us. And she'll be talking to me. And I'm like, what? I can't hear you from back here. 
I need to go where I need to go. I can't just meander. Leisure is not my pace. No, I feel that. Um, What do you like to do in your free time? Um, In my free time, I mean, like I said, I'm a student, so I do a lot of that stuff. But I really, really, really enjoy exercise and working out and being um, at my gym. I kind of spend all day there, even if I don't have clients, because I'm just socializing and lifting and helping out and I also um help out in our kids club quite a bit because I adore children so when I have free time I spend it by being like kind of just surrounding myself with fulfilling people and things what is your go-to pickup line (laughs) how do you slide in these dms um I don't think it's a line I just usually like if I see somebody that I find attractive and I have a question about them, I'll usually just ask them. Like, I don't really have a lot of shame. Like, <laughs> no shame. No shame. Like, very little shame. I mean, if you walk into a, like, if you walk into a bar wherever we are, I don't care. I mean, I probably won't try to pick you up at a bar. Like, that's not where you're going to meet your future husband. But, I mean, no, I won't. I mean, you can no. do what you're going to do. But, like, <sighs> if I meet you at a bar, I'm not taking it that seriously. Yes. But, if I find you attractive and, you know, I'll ask you a question, I'll say, like, how old are you? Or I like your shoes. Or, like, where are you from? And it's some people really vibe with that and some people are super thrown off. But See, I feel like you do it and you're so cute. You're like, oh, my God. Like, where did you get that top from? That's so funny. That's so nice. And I'll be like, yeah, I like your shirt. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I mean, you just got to, you know, if somebody's attractive, literally just look at them and say hi. Okay. What are they going to do? Um, okay. Say uh, you? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I mean, then that's the wrong person anyway. All right. What is, last question, a deal breaker in relationships? A deal breaker. Um, I would say if I can't trust you, yeah, then it doesn't matter. If I can't trust you or if I feel like, you know, if I, I'm in a constant state of anxiety, then, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. It's not worth it. Like I've also learned that, um, you know, giving off energy, like you don't care and like you don't literally licking her vagina right now. I mean, she's about it. (laughs) That's what she's up to. Anyway. Um, if you give off an energy, if you are, I'm a heterosexual female. So if you give off an energy as a male that like, you don't care, you don't have any feelings, you're just like too cool for school. Mm -hmm. I mean, I personally don't find that attractive. I think it's unfortunate that some women really kind of like are triggered by that and it makes them cling on to that person harder. I don't find that attractive. I think that's lame. I think like you are absolutely a thousand and ten percent the problem. I am not like, yeah, I think it's just, I mean, it's just really unbecoming and petty like you won't get anywhere by acting like that at least not around me I will straight up just not talk to you like it's not cute and it's not cool to pretend you don't give a fuck yeah bum energy is literal bum energy I don't know why you want to embody it and that's the tea on that so Riley that was rapid fire thank you for playing along without any further hesitations we are going to go ahead and get into this week's podcast um, episode, the main segment, the juice, the goods. Um, like I said, we're going to be talking about dating, dating older guys, dating in today's day and age. You guys already know, I think dating today sucks. 
But Riley has a different entail. She's gone out with more people than I have. So I trust her opinion over mine's. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so like I said, we are going to be talking about dating in today's day and age and dating as a millennial woman. Um, we, I feel like you kind of have to say it nowadays. We're talking about dating like men. Um, I'm a, what did you call yourself? A heterosexual uh, woman. A heterosexual I'm a heterosexual cis, woman. Cisgendered? Yeah. Don't come for me. I'm genuinely <laughs> like <laughs> I'm genuinely trying to be politically correct here. Like Don't come for me. <laughs> PC police sit down. I just, you know, let everybody <laughs> just figure it out in their own pace, please. Oh my gosh. No. Um so as you guys know, I have always been into the older guys. I talk about this in the first podcast episode, um, how I got a sugar daddy from Tinder. I never have been one to like dating guys my own age. I think that they're all very immature and aren't entertaining. And I always joke around. I'm like, I need to date a guy who has a 401k. If you don't have one, get out of my sight. Um, Riley, on the other hand, was the one of the friends who would date guys our age and kind of thrived off of that until recently where I finally brought her to the dark side. We've aged up. I'm so happy. So tell me about that. Um, well, I guess I'm not, I mean, you're not going to get any like personal information regarding these people, but, um, dating older, like significantly older. When I say significant, I mean under 10 years, but almost 10 years. Like I, I will not, I'm not touching you if you're over 32. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I just won't, I, some people swing that way and that's totally fine, but I just personally do not. But, um, I am an only child, so I've always kind of been around older people. A lot of my friends are either, you know, roughly my age or older than I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a decent amount of friends who are engaged and or married. I have friends with children. Um, so it's easier for me to be immersed in that kind of context, like on a very consistent basis. Um, and like, you know, I'm currently a graduate student, which is not the same as undergrad. It isn't a similar energy at all. Um, and dating older guys, I personally, I, you know, it's, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, you learn a lot about, you know, that we're not, I I think that the biggest blanket takeaway that. I would have from dating older is that we're not that different. Um, I think you're kind of raised up until your mid twenties to kind of believe that people in their thirties or older kind of have it all together. And in reality, they don't, I mean, you know, we're really not that different. And, um, I mean, 30 is the new 20 now, let's be honest. Well, you know, considering my age would be on one end of the, like right at the tail end of the millennium, or millennial spectrum and like 33 is right at the forefront of it. So there are some significant, you know, generational differences. Um, even though behavior is not necessarily different. Um, but there are some different outlooks on how to date. I would say like, that's just kind of what I've gathered is the way Somebody 23 to 25 would see dating is not how somebody 
29 to 33 would see dating. It's very, very different. Well, I know even with you starting off, it was uh, like we would have these conversations when she first started talking to older guys and it would be like, it'd be like, oh, we like, uh, he's not... uh, posting me on social media or he's not doing this with me or that with me. I mean, I personally and, don't care about that. Well, like, now, like, we're over it at this point. But it's, like, at the beginning, it's those stages where I feel like dating with people our own age or, like, uh, if you're 23 or younger, it's definitely you have to be so in your face about your relationship. Like, everyone has to know you're talking to this person, true. you're dating this person. Like. Yeah. You have to blast it on Facebook, on Mm -hmm. Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, or whatever you want to do. And when you're talking to these older people, they not necessarily don't care, but they don't care. It's like, I don't have to... see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think another takeaway for sure, like, kind of bouncing off of that is something I've learned from it is the less people know about you and your business, the better. Yeah. I think... That is a huge kind of generational difference between somebody who's 30 and somebody who's 23, maybe even slightly younger, where you do not need to broadcast your business. Not everyone needs to know your business. Not everybody is your friend. Not saying they're out to get you, like not even that, but just... The more you put your business out there, the more you're opening the door for other people's opinions. Especially with your relationships. No one needs to know that. Absolutely. It's kind of like, you know... Your relationship, you are an adult. You know, if you're going to date another adult, somebody who's been an adult longer than you, you need to make adult choices and you need to view it from an adult lens. You cannot view it from, I'm just having fun, this is risky and this is interesting. I mean, if you're going to seriously date somebody because regardless of their age, they're still a person, you need to go into it with an adult mindset and with a genuine intention to make that work. And... You know, the more people know about your relationship, the worse it, like, the worse it gets. And I think um, that generation of 30-some is not a social media generation. Even if they have it now, they didn't have it the way we did. Um, and they are not hardwired to be open. They're not sharers. They're not impulsive with their thoughts and their feelings. They're not blunt. They're not out there. They do not broadcast um their business and in some ways I feel like the younger end of the millennial spectrum should take notes on that because while I'm all for the energy of like you know claiming whatever is yours like claim it before somebody else can Mm -hmm. you also I personally don't need to know your business yeah I don't go on social media to you know give a shit that you called out your ex-boyfriend for cheating on you. Like, I don't find that, I personally don't find that empowering. If that's empowering for you, that's how you identify and that's your business. But I personally don't find that empowering. I think if you do it in a tasteful fashion, it's different than you just trying to call people out for no reason. Like, if you want to make a post about, oh, me and my ex broke up, it was a toxic relationship, Now I feel like a better person. I am me. I feel whole. Blah, 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 blah. And it ends there. And it's strictly about you. That's fine. But if you're going to make an entire post and it's like, Tyler was the worst boy ever and I hated him and this is why he sucked, then there's there's no purpose for it. That's just immaturity. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of issues that girls run into when you do have that claimant idea is 
as soon as you... You're oversharing. You overshare. You post it on social media. You open the doors for critics and anyone to make an opinion on it. And then it brings nothing but to... It rocks the foundation of your relationship before it even has a chance to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that and it's also regardless of I mean you know within with exceptions obviously but regardless of what this person did to you again stressing with exceptions obviously but regardless of what this person did to you they are a person they were just as much involved in this relationship as you are again if you are going to date somebody older you need to be an adult about your behavior I'm not saying police yourself I'm not saying change who you are I'm not saying you know try to pretend to be quote-unquote more mature I'm saying you need to make adult choices and um, I was talking to Kayla about this earlier but I think you know our the younger side of this generation um, tends to be very heart-centered and very heart-driven and it's all from the heart like your heart your heart your heart and I think that's really valuable I think there's a lot of value um, in being vulnerable if you haven't watched Brene Brown Brene Brown's uh, Netflix special or her TED Talks on vulnerability um, and shame, I really highly recommend that because it's incredible. And she makes a lot of excellent points on how we are not humanity without those two things. However, the end of that, you know, the older the older side of um, the spectrum are a bit more head-oriented. And while that also comes with experience and, you know, age, they're more head-driven people. Um, they were raised in a slightly different time than we were. They were raised in a slightly different setting that didn't have the social media where you could blast all of your business if you felt so inclined. Um, it was one of those things where if you wanted to talk to somebody, you would go up to them and talk to them to their face. If you had a feeling about somebody or something, chances are you had to wait a couple days before you do anything about that. If you decide to do anything about it at all. Um, if you wanted to share something with somebody, you would have to do that via face-to-face -face or mail or yeah. rotary phone, telephone, house phone, all of it. Um, if I wanted to see my friends when I was younger, I would walk to their house and ring their doorbell and say, hi, can blah, blah, blah come outside? You know, I don't, you, you don't send them a meme on Instagram and say, come hang out with me. Um... So there is, you know, there is a big difference in how open one versus the other are, I would say, emotionally. That is something that I definitely picked up on. While we're not that different and while yeah. 30 is definitely not old. Um, no, y'all motherfuckers are old. You can quit playing. They old. Y'all are old. I don't think so. They old. No. They some old souls. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I like I just don't think so. I mean, the 30-year-olds I've met have you almost forget that they're 30. I mean, um my cousin is in her early to mid 30s and she and I both forget on a consistent basis our age. I mean, she's single she enjoys herself she goes she travels she does whatever she wants to do if she wants to do bottomless mimosas we're in there like it, it's just not you know we're not sitting here with so much of a gap between us that it's hard to connect it's very easy to connect and considering 
you know, you realize how not old it actually is. I mean, a lot of people in their 30s now are not married, are not in committed relationships, do not have children, um, which is very different than I would say, like our parents, who my parents were married at 24. And granted, they waited forever to have a child, but they were married at 24 and living their best life, like at my age. Right now, I could not imagine getting married. And so I just think, I think in theory, it sounds old. Biologically, it might be older. I just think socially, it's not as old as we thought it would be. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just feel, I think that was a good lesson to learn is that they're not that different from you. And they, just because they've been here longer doesn't mean they have it figured out. Um, they don't. And that was kind of a little bit of an interesting wake-up call, I would say. Because you go into it with expectations of them kind of like, you know, having it all figured out, having the stability, wanting the house, the dog, the white picket fence, the 2.5 children, the nuclear family type. 2.5 children. Like the nuclear family um, like lifestyle. And a lot of them don't. A lot of them don't necessarily want that. Some do. But um, a lot of, I would say, men, we'll say men for now, um, again, general statement, obviously there are accept exceptions in their early 30s, I think are very career focused and very much, um, you know, when my career settles down, I'll settle down. And if, I mean, if that works, I have a personal opinion on that, but if that works for you, that works for you. I don't think that's the smartest ah. way to go about life. <laughs> but um, I think it's also, it's really interesting seeing that perspective and not saying like there's that big of a difference between Wisconsin and like Texas, but to, talking to guys that were like uh, 28, 29, 30 or whatever in Wisconsin versus guys down here, because in the South, everything happens when you're young. Like I know people who have literally, they're like 29, 31, something like that. And they literally have gone, gotten married, gotten divorced and are dating again by the time they're 28. And I think that part is really interesting where it's, I think up north, it is very much so, you're not necessarily focused on the family life, at least where we grew up, where it was like, go to school, go to college, get a career, get your like shit together, mm -hmm. and then look into it. And coming down here, it's very much so what I like to call like a small town mentality, where it's like, Get the girl or get the guy. Have the kid. If you want to sprinkle in some school, great. Um, go on about that. I just, I don't know. I think that was always, that's really interesting to think about. That seems like a Southern thing too. It's, it's a lot more traditional. Well, it's Southern thing, but I know like even, so my best friend from home, Sam, she grew up in a super, super small town up in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And we have this conversation all the time where it's like, she's 25 and if she lived, like, continued to live in that small town, she'd be on her third kid by now. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, crazy to me because at 25, she is another one of those older people that don't necessarily have it all together. It's just now getting started on their career. It's very much so focusing on, like, I don't know what my next step is. Mm -hmm. I know what I can handle in this exact moment. And even her, like, dating-wise, 
has been trying to find people that are within that same mindset. realm. Yeah, yeah, that same mindset of mm-hmm. being like, I don't know what my next move is. Are you okay with that? Can you handle that? And not to add on more weight than what's already there. Yeah, I think there's a... Um, I recently read um, an article about... I think it was on Psychology Today. Um, about the rise of emotional unavailability in millennials. Um, <laughs> me. And if you don't know what emotional unavail- like emotionally unavailable is or emotional unavailability, it's it, it's a spectrum thing. Again, it goes in various degrees. However, it's a general feeling of you, you know, not really wanting or needing a relationship or being in a sense of like you would rather be alone. Um, however, you know, you still we're still humans. We still need human connection. And so you kind of teeter in this limbo with people. Um, Commitment's not really your thing, but you kind of want someone there just to, you know, get you through the day or get you through the night, whatever you You so choose. You want companionship more than It's more companionship, but you would like it more on your terms. It's a lot more controlled. It's, you know, you don't give too much. You kind of stay in a gray zone with most people that you come into contact with and you never really experience... um, you know, those genuine, deeper emotions of connection because you don't really let yourself. Um, For some people that works, for some people, you know, that can become kind of chronic and rather problematic and prevent them from really um, connecting and meeting people that they might might be meant to be around. Um, So I think, unfortunately, it's very easy to find those people in this day and age I think if you're anywhere from 23 to 33 like there's a whole lot of emotional unavailability um one could even stretch that to like 40s mid 40s um the difference it just becomes different because people in their 40s you know you're more likely to run into somebody who has a divorce or has a kid or something like that so where commitment is no longer their thing but um in terms of 23 to 33, I think it's pretty easy to find people in that mindset. And unfortunately, it's what we think we want Yeah. until you don't. Um, I've had that experience where, you know, there. I think there is such a thing as meeting somebody who makes you more emotionally available, however... Um, that's a very fine line and I'm not going to get into that because I also think that's, I also don't, I agree with that, but I also don't agree with it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but you know, like attracts like, so chances are if you are attracting somebody emotionally unavailable or somebody who is not looking for anything that serious, you probably aren't either. Yeah. Um, or at least you're giving off the impression that you aren't either. Very much so the whole you attract the love you think you deserve type of situation. I mean, I'm not going to get all like... Well, I think... Uh, okay. Without I'm not going all like, like the false and our stars about it. Shut up. But, like, <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously. If psychologically, you are who, like attracts like. If you are somebody who tends to go for the same type of emotionally unavailable person because you aren't ready to commit, but you want to commit, like you get to a certain point and then you stop that's the same type of people you're going to get. And I think it gets to the point where you do that so many times and then the universe, the Lord 
somebody stumbles into your life that's going to make you start questioning that like safe zone that you're in of committing up until a point um you can only meet people as deeply as you as you meet like as you've met yourself i i really think you know when you have only met yourself so far to where all you know is is what you're doing and what you can handle on this day you know you're not going to be able to show up for another person in a long-term sense you're not going to be able to show up for another person with the intention in mind of i've got you today tomorrow next week next month next year 10 years from down the line because you don't even have that for yourself like you haven't even met yourself that far so and some people and you know and the difference between that type of person and the opposite is it's somebody who has met themselves deeply enough to understand that you know what I know what I want for myself long term I know what I want in a partner I know that I am able to provide you know I know I have enough to give of myself to provide something to somebody in a long-term way um, however, that takes a lot of introspection and unfortunately, um, men and women, you know, aren't the most rational thinkers when it comes to dating, aren't the most, um, empathetic when it comes to dating. Everybody's kind of trying to just protect their own and guard their own and do their own, um, which, you know, can be to a fault sometimes, but I think you know, you can't, I think we all want the human connection that we say we do. However, none of us have done the work, not none of us, again, blanket statement, but a large amount of us have not done the work to have that. So I very much believe through experience and through, I think, you know, dating older within the last year, um, you, you're not going to make somebody figure it out. You're not going to, you know, the universe could absolutely hand you your person or your soulmate or some one of those people if that's something you believe in. Um, that person could easily walk into your life and you will miss that opportunity, unfortunately. Um, I don't, I think people can inspire you to a degree. I don't think people can change you. I don't think people can pull you out of, um, your own issues people don't change overnight and there's an unfortunate expectation of you know growth and development within like a three to six week period and it's just it's not going to happen it's just not I mean think how think about how different you are this time last year I mean think how much time that took for you and how many experiences that took for you to become, for you to be who you are in this moment today, yeah. In comparison to this time last year, I mean that took significant time and events. Um, and while you're different, some of the deeper stuff probably has not changed. Some of your inner child work probably is not finished. Like <laughs> you're not that different. You're different, but you're not. You ain't special, B. That's what she's trying to say. You're not special. You're not gonna make. And don't, that's another really big lesson is, you know, if somebody's emotionally unavailable to you and they're older um, or not, it doesn't really matter. You have to understand that you cannot go through life taking it personally that somebody didn't see you as special enough to bring them out of that. 
because it has nothing to do with you. Um, I think something that people in our generation specifically have a hard time understanding is you cannot, your present is not about you and your present is not going to change everybody. No. Like there are just some things that I know me being the cancer that I am, I feel as if it is my job, like my duty to the world to, if I see you going through a problem, try to help you, try Mm -hmm. to fix you. I tend to have a lot of little projects where little projects I tend to make a lot of friends where I see something that they're hurting or like they're the like empathetic person in me it's like I see your soul hurting so my soul is like let's mend it together mm-hmm. and as like I think to do that with a friend is one thing to be attracted to somebody to, to start to onto other people dating someone like that it doesn't help because one that person's going to understand at some point like to some degree, you're only talking to them. You're only being around them specifically because you think you can change them for the better. Yeah. And two, you're kind of forcing that person to be put in a position where they may not be ready to change. They may not want to deal with that trauma. They may not want to better themselves. And all of that is going to do in the end is hurt you and that person more mm-hmm. than if you just let it go. I hands down believe if within the first month I'm gonna give you 30 to 31 days if within that first month that connection that emotional connection that trust all those other things are not being established I don't care if you are 33 or if you're 23 if that is not being checked off there is no point in this continuing because you aren't going to change anytime soon and I am not going to waste my time waiting for you to do it it doesn't benefit me Right. And I think, I know my specific thing with dating at this point is just like, not necessarily saying it as like a transaction, but it's going to be transactional. I want to know what can I get out of this? What can you get out of this? And where can we meet in the middle? Am I getting enough to be happy with what I have? Mm -hmm. And I don't see the point in wasting my time with it anymore. I think something that I genuinely like talking to older guys specifically is the fact that a lot of them, not a lot, most of them are not serial daters. And I feel like we run into a lot of issues with people like 22, 23, 24, 25. I would say all the way up to even like 26 where they become serial daters. And it's like, I'm going to talk to this person. Mm, I'm not feeling it. Okay, we're going to move on to this person. Mm, Not feeling it. Okay, I'm going to handle on the right. Exactly. But it's just... You have all that happening and then you yourself are sitting back like you start second guessing and thinking you're going crazy and not necessarily gaslighting it, but just being like, what am I doing to not make you just want to settle down? Well, you, yeah. And in, then you indirectly almost become a serial dater because you start recycling people like exactly. that. Exactly. And something I think, um, you know, I've, I've changed my perspective on definitely in terms of dating and this, the perspective change came through came from dating people older um is you should not force human connection um i am lucky enough to be in a setting where um i meet people organically pretty often but also i'm in a setting too where um i'm able to develop friendships with these people 
um, before making some larger commitment. And I think that was something that was difficult for me to grasp at first because it yeah. was kind of like, well, if I like you and you like me, then why are we getting like, why, why, like, what's the holdup? What's the deal? What's the blockage? What's the, and it's, it, it, that's a very impulsive kind of 3D ego based way of thinking when in reality it's like, you know, there is nothing wrong with meeting somebody you like, meeting somebody you're attracted to, them having, you know, mutual feelings and mutual attraction and mutual interest in you and not doing something about it immediately. There is benefit in that. I think that is something that's so, so huge and was kind of like this major epiphany for me is you can have emotion, you can have a feeling, you can think of somebody in a very special way and not necessarily be in a position or choose to act on that. I think that is a major, major difference. Yeah. Um, well, people get between into, the two. People get into these shotgun relationships and then wonder why it dwindles out like two months later down the line. Well, exactly. If you are very serious about having a long-term relationship, you need to put the work in and in having a long-term relationship, which requires a foundation. Just because you like me and you think I'm hot and we get along and you like my personality doesn't mean you should jump into something crazy committed with me tomorrow or in yeah. three months or even six months. I mean, there's a reason you hear all these beautiful stories of, you know, couples who are on their wedding day saying like, he was my best friend for eight years before I even saw him in that light or before I even thought of him that way. Disclaimer, we ain't saying you need to be playing I'm the saying, waiting game I'm not saying years. wait obviously don't like you're if, nah. you, if you're taking weight out of this you're stupid and shouldn't be dating in general <laughs> but you know you leave you focus on your friendships focus on the development build, focus on feeding it build the foundation get to know that person and I think you don't even know if you like them yet that's something I like a lot with dating older guys specifically versus guys my own age is they will take the time to really feel you out and I think my biggest thing is within that point in time as well, if you guys are hitting that two month period where you've been talking, you've been seeing how you're feeling with each other, the vibes are checking out. Um, I'm not, they don't need to be your boyfriend. You don't need to be in a relationship, but we can start to loosen it, like tightening some loose ends around here. Like, okay. We're just progressing, just we, continuing. Well, I'm like, if we're going to be doing all this, I need to know by month two, month three, are we exclusively talking to each other at this point? Like, are you well, still right. entertaining can, other people? Right. You can set, you know, boundaries that start doing work that for you. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. But it's like if you are in a friendship with somebody and you both are kind of on the same level of mutual, like mutual attraction and mutual interest and even mutual um, emotion towards each other, which may or may not, you know, which may currently just be the stem of, oh, I like her or I like him. Like, have fun with it. You know, have fun with that and enjoy that. I mean, yeah. the, the only the only thing that can come out of that is like you develop a really strong friendship with that person and you have an excellent foundation for your future yeah. long-term relationship that you eventually get in with that person. And if you don't get into one, you have a good friend. I mean, you have somebody that clicks with you regardless to some degree. You have somebody that you can go to with certain information. You have somebody that's there in a certain way or that you can do specific things with. It's less of a loss. Um, and it's less of this, you know, 
it's less of this personal attack on you, even though in reality, like it never is, but it's less of a feeling of this personal attack on you. If it doesn't work out that like, Oh, you weren't special enough to like make this person want you or like make this person become available to you. You know, you weren't special enough to bring this person out of it. Um, I was talking to you about this earlier. I think there's this rhetoric kind of based in social media of regarding dating called yeah. that I I understand is trying to be empowering and I understand is trying to be very pro women and pro women women in the dating world, but I think it has some like backhanded rather gaslighty undertones. And I personally call it the if he wanted to he would rhetoric. Um which in general, in my opinion, means like I see a lot of information and a lot of posts and a lot of articles out there, uh, specifically on social media. Um, Instagram's a great example. They have a ton of it. Just go to the explore page. Um, of, you know, if he really liked you, he would do this. If he really wanted to be with you, he would. If he wanted, like, he wants a relationship, just not with you. That's what he means by I'm not ready for a relationship. And honestly, I mean, in, I think maybe just for myself, but I have, I will stand by the fact that I personally have met the outliers to that, you know, the exceptions to that rule because that's just not reality based. I was talking to one of my really, really good guy friends um, about this. He's a police officer. He's 32 going on 33. We were having a really in-depth discussion about it and I kind of explained that to him and he was like, well, it also implies that men think rationally about dating at all times. He was like, and he was like, in my experience and in, I'm pretty sure like almost every other man's experiences, that is not the case. Like he was like, it, it that's just not, it implies that we're 110% aware of what we are doing in regards to you at all times. And He's like, I, it's just, that's so blatantly not true. Like men don't know what they're doing half the, like half of the time. Men don't even know what they're doing when they're married to you. It's funny because like girls are expecting guys to be so socially aware of what they're doing. They're not. And it's like, the dude doesn't even notice when you get a brand new haircut. How is he going to know? Like, Like, they seriously, they seriously don't know. And he made a great point about that. I mean, he's married. Um, he has two young little, like two young daughters and he's like, it, it took, he's like, it took me getting married, having girls of my own to even kind of remotely understand or have the slightest like level of consistent introspection that women have where I'm now, yes, I find myself being more self-aware and checking myself and empathizing and thinking before I do. He was like, but before he was like, even, you know, when I was engaged, even when I was early in my marriage, before I had children, like I didn't do any of that. Like I just did the day I, he was like, I woke up and did what the day was supposed, what I was supposed to be doing that day. And what happened that day happened that day. Yeah. Guys aren't over and they're not thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a client tell me. I had a client tell me, this is so funny. She's been married for almost, I think like 50 years or something like that. And I was talking to her and I was like, you know, 
men fall asleep really, really quickly. Oh like, my god! They fall asleep so fast, and it's so strange. Like I don't. It's it's like I, I've now dated enough to know that men fall asleep very quickly. Like when they stop texting, you're like, did he really just forget about? Or me? like if I'm staying over and no, like we go to bed, like the not. second you turn out the light, you're asleep. And she looked at me. She stopped what she was doing. We were like mid exercise, and she stopped what she was doing, and she goes, "Sweetie." Men fall asleep very quickly because they're literally not thinking about anything. <laughs> and first, like, she wasn't even trying to be funny, but like, that was such a pivotal. Because so I will lay in thing bed to say, and be like, oh my god, I have all these different thoughts. Yeah. And I'm like, or like vision, like visualizing oh a bunch gosh. of different things, and like, she's like, no, they. She's like, I've been married all fifty years. Like, they're not thinking about stuff. See, she's like, it's not personal. Don't ask him so what he's funny. thinking because he's not thinking anything. That is so funny. I know, like, even with my guy friends, like my best friend from home, Julius, that homie, 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 this man will be in the middle of a conversation with you. It will be adult. Like, we can just stop talking for a second. I'll turn and look. He is knocked. I'm like, what the? How are you asleep right They're now? They're like children. I'm like, what? And I'll just have him. I'm like, dude. And he's like, huh? And I'm like, what the fuck? wake up <laughs> they're like puppies i'm like how did you just fall asleep he was like oh I, I don't know i just closed my eyes it happened what right and it's not even like i mean there is no shame behind this like this is not this is not coming from a space of like you know any sort of anti-guy guys are vibe. Heads. No, like, no it's none of that it's just genuine like i think girls take men's actions so personally i mean they take a gr- they again, take it literally and it's like this it they take doesn't it have to so be so like personally as if yeah. he put so much thought behind his behavior or his words towards you and i'm sorry but he didn't <laughs> like which but in a way that doesn't make you you know and then girls get offended and they're like well what if he didn't he's not thinking of me he's not empathetic it's no embrace that embrace that because that is li- the most impersonal thing ever i mean it's it is the most the most non having to do with you thing ever so it really really frustrates me when i see these articles that are like if he tells you he doesn't know what he wants it means he doesn't want you if he tells you he's not ready for a relationship it's because he's not ready for a relationship with you no wonder y'all take things so fucking personally that is such a jump though how personal is that That is literally saying you were the problem, sweetie. And that just reinforces this, like, why can't I pull him out of his emotional baggage? It's like if he says he doesn't want to talk today, it means he doesn't want to talk to you. Nah, my man just don't feel like speaking. He just doesn't feel like talking. You know? And it's like, that that is something that just, you know, is so earth shattering for me. I mean, that has blown my mind. Those are people that's been pressed for so long. Like, you're jaded. If you are making that direct concept, your ass is jaded. That's what I'm thinking. And I can't. Like, that's when, whenever I hear, like, my female friends have those conversations with me about it, and they'll be like, yeah, no. Like, they'll be such a sus talking to somebody about their guy issues. And then there's one friend in particular who I'm thinking of who will turn around and be like, okay, but what he's really trying to say is the reason that he didn't text you today after he was texting you all last week is because he's just over you. Like, he's done. He doesn't want it anymore. And I'm like, who who hurt you? Well, exactly. It's like, there. You let's think about this on a human-to-human level, not even separating the genders here. Like, if somebody is allowed to not know what they want, 
Somebody is 110% allowed to not know if they're ready for a relationship or flat out not be ready for a relationship. Someone is 110% entitled to having commitment issues. Someone is 110% entitled to very much absolutely down home have feelings for you and not act on them. They are 100% allowed to do that. And I think we get shamed in or like we follow this shaming energy that's disguised as empowerment and disguised as like cut you know start slashing your sword at every single man that doesn't give you the correct amount of time of his vibe. day like you're, it is. you're trying to be a it's, man hater but it's like it's trying to be i want a man like, but i hate them for their intentions right it's, it's like, trying no. to be this like feminist empowering thing when in reality it's like you're taking the beauty out of relationships. You're taking the beauty out of deep connection. This is when the feminist movement becomes too much. When y'all will go have us be doing stuff like that. Like that's when I'd be like, I need you to sit down. It's not that serious. It's not about Sarah. you. Calm down. And I'm sorry, but giving this, giving off this energy of if he wanted to, he would, is only holding you back. It's well, not holding him back. It's you taking whatever past, like I said, you being jaded because of whatever past issues you've had. With a guy hurting you back in middle school that you're carrying now into well, your adult men be life. Doing, men be doing that shit too. So. Uh, no, <laughs> I agree. I think it's just, it's that entire mindset you projected on there. And like you said, men do the same thing where they have this idea of, oh, my girlfriend in the ninth grade, like, well, not the ninth grade. If you're 30 or something. My girlfriend in like college cheated on me. Mm-hmm. And now all women are liars and deceivers and they i can't have a serious connection with a girl like it you take whatever past traumas you have and you project that onto every single person that comes into your life and you expect everyone to do the same thing that this one person did and my entire thing is if it's if this happened to you like fresh wound right then and there this is like girlfriend cheated on you in january i'm coming in in march i get it I get it. I get it. My heart goes out to you. I wish you nothing but the best. If it's been three years, I need you to... Why? Like, why are you mm-hmm. still hurt about this? Mm-hmm. Not saying you aren't allowed to feel a sting for those type of situations that you're not... You're entitled to be hurt over whatever hurts you. But at some point, you have to grow up and grow on from it. And I, I say grow on, yeah. A lot of people don't... They get over it. Or not even get over it. They accept it. And then they don't move on from it. They continue to well, internalize if you, that. If you still harbor, you know, you can, you can, here, okay, here's a thought. Here's a, here's an anecdote. This ties into, you know, this kind of shaming rhetoric a little bit where there's that, if he wanted to, he would type thing. But then there's also this idea of, you know, well, unless, like, until you forgive him, let's, we're going to use him in this context most of the time, because, like I said, we're both straight females. Um, we're going to use him. You know, if you haven't forgiven him, you won't be able to move on. And in my opinion, and in my educated opinion, I would say you, for, we have to stop. There's an unfortunate idea that forgiveness has everything to do with the other person yeah i mean it is all about that other person where it's like our egos and our pride get so huffy when somebody drops this word forgiveness when it comes to you know letting something go 
with somebody that hurt you in some way. The victims can't do it. Well, in reality, it's like you don't have to forgive shit, but stop being mad at yourself for being mad. You know, you, you just accept it. You don't have to look back on them fondly. You don't have to be happy for them. You don't have to forgive the situation. You don't have to do any of that. But if you are still, you know, if it's been the significant amount of time and you still find yourself being angry, have enough self-love to forgive yourself for, you know, either it is A, the role you played, or B, for making the mistake. I think that's what people's biggest issue is. It's not about you haven't forgiven them. I think you've forgiven them more so than you probably are letting yourself believe. I don't think you've forgiven yourself for making the mistake. And I think what a lot of, I see in dating older because men have more experience with heartbreak when they're older, as you, you know, even women do, obviously. It's a lot harder to forgive yourself for wasting your time or feeling like you wasted your time. You know, there's kind of this, this shameful feeling that you will personally hang on to that centers around, you know, I'm still angry at that person when you're not, you're angry at, you're angry at what they did. What they did was wrong, but you can put that, I mean, you can compartmentalize that, but you're angry that you wasted your time on somebody who acted like that towards you. Yeah. That's what you're upset about. That's what you're not letting go of. That's what's holding you back. You're angry at your, you're, I feel like a lot of the times, and I've had this conversation with you countless times before because it's something that even I have struggled to kind of accept and learn is knowing the difference between forgiving the other party because they want to know that they're forgiven and forgiving the other party because you you deserve need peace. that closure yeah and you and something that i think it was reverend td jenks hallelujah he made a comment what was like you need to forgive them for yourself it's like not forgive about them. them for you and I know I had to like get swallow that pill before because everyone has been hurt by somebody, not just in relationships and friendships and family, whatever. There's been countless of situations where you want to hold on to that because being the victim of that situation is empowering and it gives you a ground to step on and it makes you feel like no matter identity, no matter what that other person can say or do, I still have. I still have the option to like hold that not necessarily against you, but I have that power over you with it because mm. you hurt me. Now I have the power with that. You no, know, I'm the mad one. Exactly. I'm the one upset and in this situation. Yeah. I think once you understand the concept of just forgiving someone because you are ready to move on from it or you need to move on, uh, it 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 opens a whole new world. Well, and it has nothing to do with excusing the behavior that was done to you. Exactly. You will, you will never have to forgive your abuser. You will never have to forgive somebody for cheating on you. You will never, ever, ever, ever have to excuse anyone's hurt towards you if you don't want to. But you do have to have a level of self-respect, I would call it, for you to not carry that behavior at you the behavior that was done to you, not carry that around with you as yeah. if it belongs to you. That behavior belongs to them. It does not belong to, it, it does not belong to you. It's not assigned to you just because they acted like that at you. You know, it goes back to saying you weren't special enough to bring them out of their like bullshit or to make them see you 
as special and different. It's not about everybody being special it's in order to do it. It's not about you. There is no special word, no special trigger, no special person who, and I think it's, I'm going to blame the media for this, like movies specifically, because you always see those love stories, uh, cough the notebook, cough Titanic, whatever, where these, <laughs> those <laughs> where are a bit. the troubled men are never going to be able to find love. They were, Hurts in the past. Mama left and them then with dad she or something. Comes along. Yes, and then the yeah. freaking mother Madeline comes up, and, and then everyone she shows up, and everything's different. And it takes some grand gesture of her finally getting fed up and going on a train back to New York, and he realizes <gasps> that was the love of my life. Right. And I think you, especially as a girl, you grow up and you see these stories and you watch these movies and you hear this tale so many times. That you're like, I'm gonna like I'm gonna have that. That's gonna be my I'm gonna be that girl. Exactly. And it's like, no, that's that's not how reality works. That's not how the world works. Well and you just need to understand that and grow from that and be like, okay, once you come to this idea again of going back to being like, I am not special out of the nine billion people, trillion, however many in this world, thank you. I am not that freaking special. I think the world changes. Well, and, you know, ideas like that, like, I'm going to even do it on the flip side here. Ideas like that, that cinematic Hollywood type thing of this girl showing up and all of a sudden shit's different is not only doing a disservice to women, but it's doing a massive disservice to men. Oh, my God. It is so not helping. It's unrealistic expectations. It's unrealistic expectations, but it's also leading... Men to think that like that's the behavior that a they take I'll get it. fixed some of it, but also this unfortunate you know if she's the right person I will no longer have problems. Yeah, and it's like here we are feeding off of this fake reality that like nobody in the flesh, mind you, confirmed. We literally only saw it on <laughs> a Hollywood movie, my dudes, <laughs> like. Nobody tangibly confirmed this rhetoric. Blame Hallmark. It's like, all their fault. Well, right. It's a, <laughs> it's a media thing. But like, and it's doing a massive disservice to connection between men and women or women and women or men and men, whatever. But like, it now is, you know, the woman sitting here like, why haven't I been able to make him want to commit to me for whatever reason. And he's sitting here like, why hasn't she changed my life? <laughs> both of Do you realize how why both of those... Why am I not driving a Ferrari right it, now? <laughs> why has she not changed me com- in a completely 180 direction in a matter of two weeks? Oh my gosh. And it, it, how realistic does that sound? Yeah. It's bullshit. And it's like, when you take... This, like, very, like, this, I, I'm going to call it, like, a fog or, like, a screen. When you, like, remove that screen and when you take your fucking ego out of it, and I'm not saying ego, like, I'm not going to let this person know I don't care. I'm not saying ego like that. I'm saying ego, you know, ego-based talk is talk that's, like, it's like the if he wanted to, he would talk. It's like the he's not talking to me because he doesn't like me. Maybe ego, your pride. If you take your pride out of the equation... It's a whole new ballpark. I'm going to call it ego. I'm going to go pride. Because I'm referring to this psych ego. Like your ID, your ego, and your super ego. Yes, I also took psychology. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. I'm saying 
I'm, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, ego, ego says he's not talking to me because he doesn't like me. Ego said if he really liked me, he would commit to me. Ego says, um, you know, he doesn't want a relationship with me. It's like, or ego says he is ready for a relationship, just not with me. You know, when you can take that out of it and see from a more 5D higher level of or yeah or it has absolutely nothing to do with you you will wind up way less hurt way less bitter way less personally offended way less attacked way less triggered but you have to consciously be aware of it and that's the problem is people aren't aware of it. So they go into the, their, you know, they fucking fall face first into these relationships, not knowing what's what up, down, left, right. No fucking idea with this like skewed idea of if somebody actually cared about me, they would fucking drop everything. And yeah. I'm sorry. I would no. that is very codependent anxious attachment like unhealthy thinking yeah you're not inclined you know but then you turn around and it's like you know i don't have to drop shit for him i can wear whatever i want i can do whatever i want okay so can he so can he and he can absolutely a thousand and ten percent decide that yeah i love you i'm not in the space for something long-term and committed right now a man can straight up love you and still not be with you and I know damn well for women that is also true. You can absolutely a thousand and ten percent be in love and love someone and not do something about it. You totally can. Yeah. Stop thinking you have to. Wattpad taught me that. Stop stop having, you know, the second you have a feeling, stop just go, stop doing. Yeah. Stop going into autopilot and just behaving because you had a feeling. You're not yeah. gonna drop anything for somebody else's feelings, so why should you Expect that out of them. Yeah. No, I agree. Grow in love. There you go. So we're going to take a real quick potty break because your girl needs more water. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about the different types of dudes that we date that are 30. Because let me tell you, there's there's a few. Okay. All right, guys. And we are back from that little potty break. Um... So things got kind of deep back there. I think that a lot of good things were discussed. Riley, how would you, for someone who is thinking of aging up and wants to date older guys, what is like your one solid piece of advice you would give? Um, I'm not like going to sound like it's, you know, say anything where it's, like dating guys, older guys is somehow more special or more interesting or, you know, more something, something or whatever, or more superior, but it is, you have to be aware that it is different. And if you don't have a strong sense of self, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not, you know, it's, going to be different it's supposed to be different if you would like to have you know an adult relationship with adult conversations with adult behavior and thinking sure 
But if you're not in a space for that, don't stick to your own age, stick to younger, stick to whatever. But if you are not ready for somebody that age, if you are not ready for them to literally turn around and say, I want to marry you, don't date them. Don't waste their time and don't waste your time. Um, if you are not in a position to be an adult and have an adult relationship. And I don't mean that in a sense of like you're immature or childish. I'm saying if you can't see yourself getting married in the next, you know, five years or less, or maybe even having a child in the next five years or left less, like don't get into a relationship with an older man. Don't do that. Duh. Like, but if you can, you know, not saying all older men want those things, but a lot of them do. Um, if he doesn't want those things and he just wants to like fucking follow you around and let you do whatever the hell, like that works for you. I mean, like I said, there's exceptions to every general statement I make, but if you are not ready to make a commitment and make a choice um, and work at something like an adult, like don't waste your time and don't waste, waste somebody else's time because that's not cool. Yeah. I was like, don't go into talking to someone who's older. And granted, we're talking about like 30 year olds because they are what would be the what would be the next step in aging up for us. But if you're someone who's 18, and I'm going to talk on this on my part because... Don't date I, Oh my God. Well, here's my thing. Because I was 18 and talking to guys who were 28, 29, 30, 31. And uh, don't look at me. We all know Kayla has daddy issues. I it's have opinions fine. on that, yeah. But it's something where you have to... One, you have to be able to gauge your maturity level. And where you fall on that spectrum. If you are someone who is triggered by every little thing, you don't know how to think rationally, you can't compartmentalize and just, you don't. If you are too emotional, it won't work. And if, I don't mean that in a shaming way. If you are somebody who has a hard time just being, I wouldn't say go and talk to someone who's older than you. I think something they won't else validate you. Something else I think needs to be considered in this as well is you need to be able to really think about why this person is talking to you when they are older than you in the first place. Yes. Because to some some things that I've even had to and I know me and you have had conversations about this where that's huge. You will have a guy talk to you and they'll be like 31, 32, 33, whatever. And they're talking to you at like 21, 22, 23, 19, 18, don't know, don't care. Why Why are they talking to you versus someone their own age? It, yeah. What is, Think what about is that? that? And you know, and also something to question is, you know, say they're 30, 31, 32, 33, whatever, however high you're going here. Why are they single? Yeah. Like, you know, and it's, again, we're not shaming anyone. However, if you are going to date like an adult, you need to go into it with some adult questions and some adult boundaries because you, like Kayla said, need to understand why are they talking to you at anything under the age of 21. I mean, if you can't legally drink, why is a man in his 30 talk, 30s talking to you? Um, if you can't legally drink, why is anyone older than two years talking to you? Like, if you're 18 and you're talking to a 25-year-old, we need to we need to think about some things here. 
And like you're making some choices where, you know, while you may feel they're right for you then, you I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. Your 18-year-old self, your 19-year-old self, even your 20-year-old self are drastically different. Yeah. Than your 21, 22, 23-year-old self. And not and there's no significant time lapse between those ages. But the mentality and the perspective and the yeah. lifestyle changes so The seasons you go much. through is so different. Like so me at 23 much. is a totally different person than me at 22. Like the guys, I I have my own freaking health insurance. I pay health insurance now. If you had told 22 year old Kayla that by 23 you were paying health insurance, I would have looked at you and laughed and been like, uh-huh, no, I'm not. Like it's. Something small like that, but it's just the mentality, the decisions you make, the choices you make, the people you're around is so drastically different. So for you to be 18, I don't care if you are the most mature person ever. It doesn't matter I, about maturity. I it look matters back, about life yeah, experience. I look back at myself at 18 and be like, what What reasons did I have talking to a 28-year-old exactly. man? Exactly. Like, who was I trying to entertain? Well, them? and there is a line where you will be too different you will be too different and if you are trying to be seen as an adult dating somebody older won't necessarily portray that yeah especially if you're 18 19 20 so if you cannot um first of all i'm not going to tell anybody what to do or anything like that but you should be, you know, when you're in that space, if you are in college, if you are just out of high school, if you yeah. haven't graduated yet, you know, just en- enjoy yourself. That's your time to just be you and find a niche and find a space. It is not the time to be worrying about somebody who is significantly older than you, yeah. who is, you know, has a completely different life, may own a home, you know, has a career, has a pension, you know, stuff like that. Like, you do not need to be concerned about that person and what they're doing. Yeah. Even if you love them, even if you really like them, even if you're really attracted to them, you are not in a space. Well, my thing too is you need to, and I've had this conversation with my mom about it before because she, my mom was the one who told me like, you're not going to end up with someone your own age. You are a quote unquote, like old soul. You are somebody who is going to date someone like older than you. You get along with that realm of people. Your maturity level corresponds well with that people. And so far that has been true to a fault. But I think that if you are someone who, and I'm going to, I'm going to speak on this for my insecure girls, for my like plus size girls listening to this, for anyone who feels as if, they are not going to get their feelings validated by people their own age. So they're going to age up because those people will validate it more. You, that, that's, it. that doesn't help you. No. That does not do anything for, if anything, it's going to make you feel worse about it's yourself. Because you. at that point in time, they're not talking to you for the reasons that you yeah, think they're talking not to giving, you. That's you getting taken advantage of. Exactly. And the only thing that's going to lead to this happens time and time again we are not in the 1800s. You do not need to be 18 talking to a 30-year-old getting ready to get married by the time you're 19, having a kid by 21. 
because this 30 year old man told you you were pretty instead of calling you hot one and year. And wants to be with and you. And wants to yeah, be with or, you. you know. Like, at that point, they're living out a fantasy within themselves. I don't care how well you mm-hmm. think you guys get along. I don't care how well you think mm-hmm. everything is peachy keen. There's a difference. There's a difference between you being 21 and talking to someone who's 30 and you being 23 and talking to someone who's 30. Those, that two year difference, like Riley said, is huge. Is huge. There is so much that you learn in that short amount of time that I feel is is such a game changer. And a lot of times people mm-hmm. don't completely understand that. Mm-hmm. And I will sit and have conversations with people who are younger than me by a year, by two years, and just... And I do not relate. I, I can't. I'm like, <laughs> I do not know what you're talking I'm about. Like, like, what are you saying right now? What? Like, you're speaking gibberish because I don't get it. Your problems, I don't understand. We're not in the same like road we're not Mm -hmm. in the same lane right now Mm -hmm. and i feel you're gonna find people older who you're gonna find that connection with and you'll talk to and you'll enjoy being around and that's great and neither one of us is saying that you shouldn't talk to older guys if that's meant to be right for you that will be right exactly through your seasons but don't yeah don't act on it don't act on an impulse i mean that goes back to you you know, that goes back to the idea that just because you like them and are attracted to them and you get along and you're, there's this mutual energy between you two does not mean it's going to work out. Does yeah. not mean it's meant to happen. Does not mean it's meant to be. Can you be friends with this person? I will say, I always grew up. I mean, I'm a hopeless romantic. I am. I'm a cancer. <laughs> I'm very soft. Always blaming all the cancer. I'm very soft. <laughs> um, I'm very, you know, I'm very Cinderella story type girl. I'm very soft. You know, and I always, always, always wondered, always, always, you know, what people were talking about when they said, you know, I just knew I was, I knew this was the man I was going to marry, or he felt like home, or we were doing this one thing and all of a sudden it hit me, or, you know, and I I remember wondering through about 19 to 21, what is love actually you know what is it actually and it wasn't until within the last year that I was lucky enough to have an experience where those those questions got answered where if you cannot stand there and see this person and without without possessive thoughts without anxious without impulsivity in complete peace and calm, feel, because you'll you'll know it when it happens. It is not an anxious thing. It is not a quick thing. It is not a compulsive feeling. But when you can in a you know in a space just feel, I could do this with this person every day. And leave it at that. There's your indication. There's your knowing that you're having an adult feeling. You're having an adult emotion towards somebody. And when you can feel that and let it go, that's the big, that's the huge takeaway about it. When you can feel that and not necessarily behave on that, it is not possessive. It is not jealous. It is not anxious. It is not territorial. It is not in your face. It is not impulsive. It is not compulsive. It is just this feeling that 
brings you peace that you feel in a state that you know that only comes to you in a state of peace that you can let go and that you are not attached to the outcome the second you look at somebody and feel that and feel unattachment that's the best indication of that person being right for you that's the best indication of you having real emotion for that person that is the best indication of you um you know if they're not right for you or if they're not on the same page with you you know that's the best indication of at least you knowing that you have you are developing some emotional maturity and it's giving you a sense of real love is not chaotic it is not lightning in a bottle it is not chaotic it is not based in fear it is not based in your insecurity it does not stem from your, you know, I would say shadow side. It's, yes. you know, your shadow side of things where you, your impulsive side, your, your anxious side, your attached side, your, you know, everything I listed before. It's just based in peace. You know, when you can love someone and just let that go. And... For the longest time, I had no idea what that meant because I was like, well, if you love somebody, like, why would you let them go? Why would you? Nope. When you can just love somebody and let that just exist, no matter where you both are in life, no matter if you're together or not, that is how you, that is an indication that you, A, are mature enough to handle something long-term and committed, but also that you, um... Are evolving and you're growing and you um, are experiencing real emotion for somebody and real connection you should be looking for peace yeah if somebody does not bring you peace you need to question that if somebody makes you anxious or you are hunting for validation they're not your person even if they give it to you you know you should be able to validate yourself um, I like Will Smith's anecdote about how People are not put here to make you happy. You make yourself happy and then you bring your happiness to the table. And whoever else is happy is going to show up and eat with you. Let me say, I and I don't know, one of my friends, I don't remember who it was, but I am a firm believer. Riley, you can attest to this. I have been saying this for the longest time. And this is, uh, because mom, I know you're listening and you love hearing these. Black mother fact number dose. You cannot expect someone else to love you if you do not love yourself and i stand mm-hmm. by that there and i i don't remember who i was talking about this and they're like well no like so you you can learn to love yourself and someone else can love you at the same time no it no 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 if you cannot be at peace with yourself love yourself be happy with yourself there is no way in hell that someone else not necessarily saying they're not going to be able to love you. You won't even realize that that love is that there with another person. You. Exactly. Because you don't know what that feels like exactly. internally. That's a good way and to put And your that. love, mm-hmm. the love that a mother gives you, a brother gives you, a cousin, a friend, is 10 times different than what a lover will do. And that eternal love first is going to be your signal. This person treats me the way they love me the way that I love myself. They treat me in a way different than my mom, my brother, my sister, my uncle, mm-hmm. my cousin, they treat whatever. They the way I deserve to be But treated. it's how I deserve. And I get that feeling from it. And I think once you have realized your, not even just worth, but you've come at peace with that, 
it's a whole new game of there, there's a whole new world out there because you now know your worth you know what you deserve you know what you will and won't stand for and I think that also is a huge thing that as a younger girl or younger woman you have to know what you will and won't tolerate from men not only guys who are your own age but especially older guys Mm -hmm. because they are gonna try to pull such slick stuff on you because you're because you're young and they think well she doesn't know well she's not gonna get it well she's not blah 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 blah. and it's like no you're not going to talk to me out the side of your neck you're not gonna treat Mm -hmm. me this way and expect me to sit back and feel so gassed up because oh my god, I got the attention of an older guy now. Like no, it doesn't no work like that. that. And if a guy does do that to you, it like game over. Don't even entertain that thought anymore because that person obviously does not have maturity on their side, or they have some toxicity within their world that they aren't quite able to get rid of or move past yet. So. I just, I don't know. I'm a firm believer in that. I mm. plan on doing an entire episode just talking about self-love and body confidence and just knowing yourself, being true to yourself, finding that inner peace. Because once you get that, dating is nothing. Going out and doing those things are nothing. It's 10 times easier to navigate that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have this certain air around you that attracts those people in. People are going to see that and be like, Look at the way that she handles herself, the way that she carries herself, the way that she loves herself. I want to be around that. I can see myself being around that. You looking 18, guess how long that lasts? It lasts for as long as you are 18. It does not last. It does not get carried over. You're not 25 looking 18. Trophy wives can only go so far. It's not about how you, you know, it's not about how attractive he finds you, how beautiful he thinks you are. Yeah. If you are internally chaotic, if you are behaviorally chaotic, if your emotions are chaotic and you can, you know, however that resonates for you, whatever. There's no definition of chaotic. But if any of those things are chaotic, it will not be successful. Whether he's older, whether he's your age, whether he's whatever. Like... It is not his job to love you. It's not his job. You know, he wasn't put on this earth for you. Just like you're not supposed to go and fix that. Just like you weren't put on this earth for him. You were put on this earth to grow and expand from one another. And, you know, your life partner and your soulmate and your person or whatever you believe in, that is the person who will, A, teach you the biggest lessons about yourself. This is something that I very recently have really kind of developed, like had a lot of thought on is the person that is right for you will absolutely call you out. They will absolutely, you know, it's not about belittling, but they will absolutely call you out. They will absolutely call you on your shit. They will absolutely tell you what they do and do not like. They will absolutely set boundaries with you and it will feel personal It will absolutely feel so personal. But the person for you is going to teach you the biggest lessons about yourself. It's not about making you feel like a princess every day. Yeah. It's about the person that will keep you the most authentically you. 
and keep you as tight to your path as you are meant to be. That is the person for you. That is somebody you should have in your life. I mean, I personally believe there's more than one person for everybody. There's too many goddamn people on this planet. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, the whole, but, you know, your soulmates and your life partner, is this somebody you can do life with? Is this somebody who, at the end of the day, will call you on your shit, tell you how to fix it, and, you know, wake up the next morning and try again with you? I'm sorry, but the person that you think is your person, if you, like, who, it's not about who can fight with you the best and who can fight you the most. It's not, you know, it's not the cyclical, oh my gosh, we have, our high highs are so high and our low lows are so low. Like, that is not your person. That's called chaos. Um, But somebody that keeps you the most authentically you and is unapologetic about it. Even if you're offended. Uh, With discretion being used. No, what we're saying, I'm, you know, you're not going to turn around and be like, you're such a fuck up. You didn't do this right. It's saying like, hey, I don't like when you act like that and it makes me feel bad about me. You need to stop that. You can't invalidate somebody for how they feel. I, oh no, I definitely agree. You can't make some, you can't invalidate somebody's feelings, but I think Love itself is such a finicky thing in general. Love is a choice. And. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, you choose, you know, merit, you don't stay. You, you like my thought on that is if you, okay, so take a married couple. They've been married for 10 years. We, I think we rely very heavily on love being a feeling. Love is not this everlasting, constant state of being, you know, just like you don't feel happy every day. I think you wake up and you choose to commit to that marriage. You choose to commit to that relationship. You choose to behave out of love. Um, Even if there are days where you don't like that person or there are days where you don't like what you're doing. Or there are days where you're angry and you're annoyed and you're over it. You don't just stop choosing the partnership because you're in a space that day or you're in a mood that day. Well, that doesn't necessarily make it so that love is a choice itself. I think. I you, think you choose to. I think you choose to love. You can choose what you want to do with that love. You can love somebody deeply and wholeheartedly and all consumingly. I'm saying it's not and not act on it. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think that. To, I don't maybe think love I'm, is an everlasting feeling slash emotion. I think love is a there's it ebbs and flows, just like happiness, just like mm-hmm. anger, just like anything else. You, the idea of happy is always going to be in the back of your head. It's a standard emotion you feel just like the idea of love is a standard emotion you will have. Not necessarily that you are going to, if I love you, like I can, I, I love you. You're my best friend. Love you dearly. But if I, I, I think the idea of, I don't know. I feel like saying love is a choice is very harsh in a way. I think love is more so an idea. It Love is an emotion that is going to 
ebb and flow and move and wave and have highs and lows like any other emotion will. And I think once you've come to understand that, then you can go on with it. You can be in love with someone and no longer want to be or have love for somebody and no longer want to act upon that. I think there's a a difference between, I think there's a difference and the choice comes in with loving somebody and being in love with somebody. I can love you hands down. I'm going to love you normal heart to heart, human to human interaction. I can choose to be in love with you. I can choose to act upon that feeling. Being in love with somebody is a whole extreme high. And I think that's where your choice comes into play, in my opinion. I just personally think, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just personally think like in a marriage, I mean, I'm somebody that believes in marriage. I'm somebody that would like to get married. Um, I think there are going to be days where love is not your, your, not your driving force. Love is not your um, first and foremost emotion. You are not looking at this person head over heels. Oh my gosh. Like every minute of every day. Um, I think that's the root of everything. Absolutely. I think that's the root of all things. But I think there, you know, when, if stuff is hard, if stuff is tough, if there's, you know, hiccups in the relationship, if there's hiccups in the connection, you know, you, if you believe in that person and if you are, if you have love for that person, you choose to be there, you choose to show up, you choose to commit your time and your effort to making it work, you choose it. Um, so you choose the actions upon you go, like, of you which choose, you act upon it. You choose, yeah, you choose to behave out of love, not, but like, love, you're not gonna love everybody all the time, even if that the root of your relationship with them is based in love. Well, I think once you start, in that sense, once you stop, as humans, and correct me if I'm wrong, this psych major, but as humans, I hands down believe that above all emotions, we kind of stick the big three, as I will call them, above any other ones. You stick happiness, you stick anger, and you stick love among, like, as the trifecta of which fear. all emotions cannot touch sure fear the four i don't know i don't care so <laughs> you stick them up there and love especially i think is one where people consider it to be a hundred and ten or nothing it is an all or nothing thing and when it comes to marriage when it comes to choosing in your case when it comes to that sense if you aren't a hundred and ten percent in it at all the time any given moment of the day if you don't choose it it will not last i i don't think the love itself is the problem though no i'm not saying it is i'm saying in your relationships even when there is love even when it is rooted in love if you are not choosing to show up with your love it will not last but you can show okay i guess my again my mindset is i can show love for you i can have love for you I can choose to not act upon it anymore. Yes, you can. That's what I'm saying, though. If you're in a marriage and if if you're not trying to make it work, then don't. But that doesn't mean I don't love you. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying you're choosing, you know, you can love somebody and choose to not do anything about it. And chances are something will fall through from that. If we're talking about marriage. 
specifically. Yeah. Marriage, like if we're talking about long-term partnership even, specifically, if you love someone but you're not showing up, it doesn't matter if you love them. You, you're choosing to not show up. So the relationship has this one root, but you're not watering it. It ain't growing. It ain't going anywhere. I get that. I like, it's, it's, you know, you don't feel, I think my biggest thing, my biggest point is you don't feel in love and love every minute of every day with somebody. For sure. You don't feel that. Yeah. It's the, it exists at the base of your connection with that person. The way you stay connected is through your is through feeling that you or having that love kind of yeah. having it not necessarily feeling it but having it and showing up with it. Yeah. So, if you have that and don't want to show up, that's nobody's saying that's wrong. But that, you know, you have now removed your effort. Yeah. from a collective effort. Relationships are collective effort at all times. It's never 50-50. It's never one person does this, one person does that. It is a collective effort at all times with give and take to certain degrees at all times. And choice. It's a lot of choice. You choose to be there. You choose to show up. You choose to show up with love and intention and commitment every single day. You don't just feel it all and do nothing about it because chances are then you will not have a marriage anymore. So it's more so the effort of love, the intention, the action behind love is absolutely a choice. How you behave with your love is a choice. If you would like a long-term partnership, then you need to make choices every single day. Even if you don't really want to, that's the key. Even if you don't feel like it, you show up for your person. Or you can just be single like me. And let me tell you, that's working out great right now. Just saying. It seems like it. We are thriving <laughs> over here. I mean, I'm single too, so. But I would say, you know, it's very much a thing where until you learn how to Again, have control over the emotions you have without necessarily behaving um, through them or acting on them. You should not be focused on an adult relationship because you are not ready for one. And let the record show here, too. You don't, in, in my opinion, you can be 23, you can be 35, you can be 56, and still not be ready for an adult relationship. Absolutely. Just because you are over the age of 18 does not mean that any relationship you encounter after that point is considered an adult relationship. Absolutely. And I think that's a big thing that people kind of need to remember as well with this is that everyone is going to combat relationships differently. The way that Riley is going to love someone and date someone and be with someone is not going to be the same way that I do it. And I may experience what would be considered a quote unquote adult relationship at a totally different point, stage, whatever thing in my life than what she may have. Her version of adult relationship is not going to be the same as mine. So don't 
take what's being said in this episode as like a one size apply fits it, all yeah, type of situation. Yourself. Take what resonates, but you know, but be it's important and it's imperative to have discernment with your emotions. And it's imperative to understand that there is an absolute chance that someone or you can be head over heels and still not do anything about it. That is fair. That happens a lot. Do not succumb succumb to this rhetoric of like you weren't good enough that's why he didn't show up for you um no it he didn't show up for you because of him he could you you could be the last thing that's a problem for him you could be if anything you could be the highlight for him that does not mean he will show the fuck up if he does not know how you will not convince him you will not you will not teach him how You know, you cannot love someone into loving you back. You cannot, you know, you cannot convince someone into loving you. If somebody has not had proper experiences with love or maybe just not experienced, you know, an intimate relationship love in general, how the hell do you expect him to know what to do with it if he feels it for you? Yeah. He's not going to know. Well, I know I was listening to, so you guys know one of my favorite podcasts is Girls Gotta Eat. It is an absolutely amazing podcast. Definitely giving them a shout out. You should listen to it at some point. They're fantastic. But they had a, um, they had an episode where they were talking about like the male psyche and just like dating and all this other stuff. And the, they had brought on this uh, guy who is like this uh, acclaimed, like, uh, accredited wizard of just like male psychology Who the hell, what's his name i i'll show you after this because it was a, it was a great episode i really want you to listen to it but they were talking about this and they brought up the point this guy was like women need to understand women and men too but girls tend to run into this problem where they believe that they have the ability to change a man like we've talked about for the past i don't even know how long this podcast episode has been women tend to think that they have the ability to change a guy and we live in a world today where there's so many choices and guys if they not all guys but most guys come from having someone in their life who they will start to almost uh, rebel against the fact of if they feel like their choices are being taken away whereas women may not even know they're doing it Mm. you can go up to a guy and be like oh i see that you've been really enjoying eating these like asian slaw salads with me so why don't we just go on a super nice health kick like i think you'd really benefit from it i've noticed you've been really liking it and then the second you say that Guys feel as if their sense of choice has been taken away. They And I'm totally paraphrasing this. I could be butchering this thing. But he's like, it feels as if they they don't have that ability to make decisions for themselves. A mm-hmm. lot of guys have that stem from 
who better than their mothers? Where mom would be like, we're going to dress you like she this. We're going to make you do that. We're going to have you do this. You're going to go to this school. You're going to date this girl. And they're inadvertently attracted to, to their mother. The mother type. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and you run into that. And then guys start, they realize, oh my God, I'm dating my mother. Or, oh my God, they're reminding me of my mother. And then they pull away. Mm-hmm. And they feel like that's their defense mechanism. Or they may be completely 110% in love with you. But the things that you may want, their sense of choice is going away because now you're looking at them where things were super lax and casual and oh we we're just we're being us we're you were just chilling like you jack ex- and jill you didn't expect That's anything it. from me exactly yeah. and then the second you hit them with the head so uh <laughs> what are we and they're like oh my choice my choices um it's about 10 past my time for me to, to go. My ability to decide for myself. And they have when to... on my terms. They have to exit the situation. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's a really, really good podcast episode. Um, I definitely recommend people to listen to Girls Gotta Eat. They are absolutely hilarious. If I ever meet Raina and Ashley, I will cry because they are great. But it was really interesting to hear that because as a female, as a female who definitely um, comes into things being very nurturing and can be very motherly as I've been told and may not even you don't even realize that you're taking away someone's sense of choice or whatever from them Mm -hmm. until it gets too late I think it was just it was a really interesting like concept to think about and kind of put into perspective but uh, anyway guys we are getting to the end of this episode Riley do you have any closing remarks upon this uh, session yeah, um, all in all, um, I think men are, all in all, I think, you know, I'm going to switch it up here. All in all, I think men are absolutely fantastic people and have the ability to be absolutely fantastic people. I mean, um, as do all women, I think, you know, men have a lot more emotion and deep, um, deep feeling than we assign, um, than society assigns. Um, and we are more, you know, research has absolutely indicated in every women's studies course I've taken in every, you know, women's psychology, um, or sociology course I've taken all the research points to, we are absolutely more similar than we are different. Um, especially when it comes to mental health, how we feel, our emotional depth, um, all of that. So when you go into dating with a solid sense of self, you know, and an appreciation for the humanity of dating, not he's a man, he doesn't know shit. That's not that's not the that's not the idea. Or he's a man, like he doesn't get it. When you go into it with the mindset of we are more alike than we are different, and you be, you operate from a place of that while understanding there are societal pressures that make differences occur between the genders and the sexes. When you can stem from a place of humanity, I think you'll find a lot more peace and understanding um, instead of it being so much about you versus them. It is not you against them. It is not you versus them. It is you and that person against a problem that you are having. if there is even one, 
be sure there's actually an issue before you just make one up because you have an insecurity. Um, when you can look at it from a human level and stop relying on, you know, all this emotional impulsivity, you will have a way easier time navigating your relationships and being comfortable and at peace with the current state of a connection. Um, and you'll be a lot more comfortable even kind of just letting that door sit open for somebody you find very special. You know, if they're not in a space or if you're not in a space, you'll be a lot more happy just enjoying the connection, whatever level of connection you do have with them. Yeah. And if anything, that is the best opportunity and the best chance you will possibly have with that person to grow something very special or get something special out of it. Um, men are human. Men are not that different. And they're not that complex. And they're not that hard. They're very much like you and me. You know, we're just kind of living in two different rhetorics of society that keeps us more against one another than it does bring us together. And that's on gender issues. Thank you guys. <laughs> that's that on that. That's the tea on that. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. So that was this week's episode of You'll Thank Me Later. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I know it definitely was the most educated episode that we've had because you were speaking to someone who's literate other than my dumbass. Um, but I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Please take everything that was talked about with this episode as... Just a more generalized statement. It is not. Thank you for <laughs> intruding on this outro. <laughs> it's it's something where we're just talking from our po own personal experience. You know, it is not a one size fits all type of situation. So just keep that in mind. Otherwise, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Guys, we are officially, officially on all streaming platforms. On Spotify, on Apple freaking podcast on google podcast or google play store whatever it's called i don't have like a google phone sorry um but all of these streaming sites so definitely go tell your mom your dad your brother your sister your cousin your grand aunt chase i don't know any of those people tell everyone to go and check it out please make sure to rate and review it helps a lot the more you rate the more you review the more that my podcast is being brought up onto the main page and people aren't asking me the links for it because they can't find it so i'd greatly appreciate that otherwise you can definitely check us out on our socials riley you can be found on instagram at riley r-i-l-e-y the letter t the letter b and two E's, all yes. lowercase. You should definitely go ahead and check out her Instagram. I am not ashamed to say I've taken most of her photos. Thank you, I am a photographer. Um, but no, her Instagram is the cutest freaking thing ever. She literally looks like a lifestyle influencer. It bothers me because this girl is so pretty. So you should definitely go and check her out on there. Otherwise, you guys already know you can find me at Kayla Baker. That is at K-A-L-A-B-A-K-E-R on all of my socials. Hit your girl up. I am back on Instagram now. I fell off for a minute, but your girl's back and we're better than ever. So I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and I will see you in next week's episode. Bye guys. Bye.